You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is time for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast with the entire crew, almost the entire crew, back in studio. Uh, no more remote Eddie uh, uh, apologize for some of the audio issues uh, last time around, but uh, Eddie's life is just getting back to normal. Uh, He's Lexus I, Eddie. I, I don't. I mean, He's is now it Eskridge though? Lexus Eddie. I gained a Lexus, but lost a house. So that's where we're at. I'm living <laughs> with my parents right now. Mom, meatloaf. That's basically what it's become. Really, Mike you had the, the same thing. Here's the thing, though, Josh. I mean, this is where we have to chastise Eddie a bit for not being a grown-up. Like you were, we. I know this, and I'm using inside information against you. But you were given the option to go and and get a hotel room, and then the your your apartments would reimburse you. Yeah, you have chosen instead to go live with your parents. There's this no, is on you. Is there's it? no feeling sorry like for you? I feel like that's because a you're smart living with your parents. I feel like that's right a smart decision. Why would I go oh, get a hotel what? room? Oh, oh Christ, Eddie! If I could have a hotel room just to myself <laughs> in this world right now, I. Yeah, there, there would but, be a wake of bodies in my trail. That, it, true. I think that... Did they even give you a budget or did yeah, they just say, say hotel? Do you get to just pick wherever? No, just, I don't know. They didn't really ever give us any direction on that. No, they just said, you know, keep all the receipts and stuff. I, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like I've been living at my parents' house. I go over there and sleep, basically. You've been hanging out here with me the last couple of days. Yeah, I've been over there. Much. I've been over here. Going over to basketball. Yeah, I hung out with my mom last night for Stocking a little bit. But it, Dylan Gabriel and Davis Bevel on campus. I was yelling at them on campus the other day, yes. Uh, drove by them. Uh, Did you try and hit Davis Bevel? No, no, I would never. Uh, unless he got in the way. But actually, I wouldn't probably. <laughs> unless I car. had the opportunity. <laughs> no, not, unless he, not in the new car. I don't want to get any blood around it. So, uh, no, it it's... I thought that that was the right decision just to, because I didn't know how many times I was going to have to be over there. Hopefully tonight, I, I'm hoping that I get back to, to Oklahoma City and they get my apartment close enough to uh, completion, completion and the renovation that it's uh, going to be okay to live there again. What's the, uh, what's the hotel there on 63rd and Penn? The Waterford? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have gone there, yep. man. Yeah. I just feel like it's that'd nice. be a, it's not a bad little it's, hotel. It's, a, it's an awesome hotel. I just feel like it's a waste of money to go do that, and then I'd have it's to get the reimbursement. It's not your money, though. <laughs> I know, but then I'd You're have to get the, the reimbursement. You're not the one who caused your pipes to burst in your apartment. <laughs> I know. Oh, Eddie, I was putting you. I was putting you in the coal cord in a suite, man. I, I had you ready to go up to the top floor. I mean, maybe I should have gone over to the Omni and got a room. Exactly. Now I'm kind of feeling yeah. bad about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, great bar. <laughs> I'm not drinking though. It's like I'm. I'm Are I'm you not, dry January? Now? No, it's a weekday. 
<laughs> I don't. I can't drink on a night like I. I cannot no, we'll go to the drink s- and still then water. Get up and can you not do just radio. have a couple drinks and go to bed? Not really. I. I don't like that. It's hard for me. Huh. So you got to go all the way. Not all the way. So I just. It, I don't enjoy going and having four or five beers and getting up at five a.m. <laughs> well, like nobody said four or five. I mean, a couple. Three, see, now, four, three, see, now four, here, five, I'm going to come I mean, down with Eddie. If I'm going to have a beer, I, it, I might, might as well make it worth my time. Like, mm. I don't want a beer. That that seems totally pointless and to here's me. The, here's like, the and the difference. I, I, if I'm going to go have a drink, it's usually going to be a beer. It's not going to be a cocktail. Right. So I, oh, I no. could see how somebody would just have a couple cocktails and go to bed. Mm-hmm. I'm not that, like, it kind of almost keeps me up a little bit. I could see that. I can't I guess. wind down with a drink. I guess is if what you're I'm not saying. if you're not buzzed enough, you can't just fall asleep. I'd rather take like forty milligrams of melatonin and just be completely gone. I'm, I've been trying that during dry dry January. Melatonin I don't think works on my chemical makeup in my body. It does nothing for me. But no, the other some thing is it, some people it does work and some people it doesn't. The 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 other good news is you got a new car. And, I did and get a new car. Indeed, the, the post game podcast. Went and sponsor. saw added Eskridge, and it is uh, it was it was truly like I've only bought a car I think once before this, uh, like from a dealership. I went up there for moral support. Carrie was up there. It was it was the easiest process I've it really ever is. like been a part of. It was it was. There was stuff that I was thinking that I was going to have to do that we never did. He forgot his insurance card and he had to go back to his apartment. And get yeah, I that. didn't know that I needed that. And you didn't really know what to do with your car. Like, you know, when a car just dies on you, that, like that's a, that's, that doesn't happen to very many people. No. And Where it's just like, this car is dead and it no longer exists in my life, but it's been there for seven years and now. It, it kind of happened when my, my car got... Uh, uh, the hail damage. And yeah, they when you couldn't drive it and stuff. They just came and picked it up, and it was kind of a sad day because I had that thing for like 12 years. It was not a sad day when they took the Elantra. It was a beautiful <laughs> day, and I can't thank Eskridge and all those folks over there enough because it was absolutely incredible, and it's been awesome driving. Like, I, I know it's, it's, it's very pathetic, but I, like, got in the car the other day, and I was like, damn, feels good to have a heater in here that works. Like... <laughs> This is pretty awesome. Well, that like does your feet and your, you know, face. Yeah, like uh, not driving. And it hasn't been like super cold. Seat warmers in it. But I wasn't driving down. Like there was that that Thursday or whatever when I had to come down here and uh, when it was like brutally, brutally cold out. Yeah. I thought I was going to get frostbite on the drive down. Like I had to stop (laughs) and put gloves on. Now, okay, so here's the one question I wanted because I went up there for moral support and I didn't really want to bug you about it. But like you were just basically waiting to go with the finance guy. Like, yeah. and, and I didn't realize this rates have climbed really high. Yeah. Auto rates yeah. are like 7% yeah. now yeah. or something. I think mine's like two or something. When it I was, bought my car. And Ed, t- we talked about it. It's like, if you would have came like six months ago, it would have been, you know, 3% or something, but, but you haven't bought a house yet. So you haven't been through that whole thing. Like no. Bob and, and Josh and I have all done it. Yeah. Like to me, that's the most, Oh man, harrowing thing. Oh, I that mean, was. <laughs> you, you've got to give them tax returns sure, sure. and like give them everything mm-hmm. about your life. Uh, and but like, was that the first really large, super large loan that you were? Well, I got a, I got a loan the first time that I bought a car, for but the that Elantra. was yeah for the Elantra. But that that was, wasn't a luxury vehicle, right? It I wasn't worried about it though because I you know I do believe it or not have good credit like i wasn't worried about not getting approved i was hoping you like would that. say i do keep up with my credit 
I have a great credit score. You got like the services and everything. That I don't know about that, it. but I get like the alerts that say oh. you know your points have gone up or down. From who? Same. Yeah, I, I, I watch that Experian, stuff closely. Uh, you know, like the Experian move, like the uh, John okay. Cena ads. Oh well, no, I mean, but I have like a everyone credit card should do and I that. Keep up with it and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I wasn't worried about that kind of thing. But it, no, but I'm it glad. is a little nerve wracking though. Like sitting there, like thinking, like shit, if they come back and they're like, you can't have this car, like. That's no going to be super embarrassing. <laughs> like, that's going to be really super that's embarrassing. That's why I was up there, just simply in case, like, you know, something would have happened. They're like, yeah, we can't give you this loan. It's too much money. Yeah, that would have been. I think Kerry was ready to co-sign. I think that's what he's telling you here. <laughs> that's, that's what Ed joked. He's like, you ready to do this? And I, I was like, I hope, I hope we don't need to do that. It was awesome, though. I probably was, uh, would have just put it under the business. Well, I would have got an I would have got a nicer vehicle had I known. <laughs> no. <that. laughs> we would have gone for the we would have we would have gone for the car that you were looking at. The, Which the, one was that? The LC, the one in the showroom? Yeah, the one that was No, the one that was parked right behind mine out in the garage. Oh, that's what I have now, but it was oh, a, okay. it was the V8 instead of the V6. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's a little bit more monstrous. Yeah, and then it got to the point where uh, you know, they're explaining everything and there's still like everything within the car I, I know how to turn it on <laughs> and drive it. I know how to turn it on. It was like, like and I was pointing heater. out, like, point out this to him, point out that to him, because like, there's things that you need to, like, you probably never use the hold feature. No, and honestly, just because I don't know if I'd feel comfortable using it. Just, I use it in, just in because long that, drive through. I would be scared that uh, you know something would happen. It's a feature where like you don't have to put your foot on the the gas or hold it I down have on the to. gas. I have to. I, I start swerving if my feet aren't on the pedal. No, it's like if, if we were stopped in like traffic on the highway. Oh, uh, okay. And you just wanted to take your foot off the gas, you could do that. And it'll just stay in park. That would be yeah, weird. It's not like a... Uh, not like I don't a, think I can do it. it. Well, it has a big light that says H on yeah. it and stuff. But anyway, no, but thanks to Ed Eskridge. No, it was awesome. All those guys. So. It was awesome. Eddie, I'm looking forward to the lights. Remember we joke like, hey, these are some real the lights, car lights. The lights yeah, when I, when I rent a Hyundai, <laughs> like I rented a Hyundai to go up to uh, Broken Bow, and it was literally like an old man's teeth lighting the way compared to the Lexus. It was pretty sad. All right, uh, so we had a lot that's gone on besides Eddie, Eddie's life. Um, more I just stuff. Get the- back to normal at some point. At some point, we're going to get back to normal. I think we are. I mean, like the holidays have been a pain in the ass for me because, like, Josh and I have a bunch of stuff we're working on, and like you can't get stuff done, and yeah. like you wait to hear back, and then you have all these holidays. Like we've had like what four straight months or four straight weeks of Monday holidays or three straight weeks of Monday holidays. It finally close, getting yeah. through uh, MLK day finally feels like, okay, you can breathe. Now everybody the knows they have to work. The next again. thing, the next thing is spring. Like right. we're all looking forward to spring now, spring ball, labor day. And then sure. And know. then football season, but football season, portals closing, classes portals are starting. Closing. It Boom. does feel normal back, uh, just driving around Norman too. Uh, kids I told Carrie the other day, it's like, Get off my lawn. Getting from here to Lloyd Noble Center takes an extra yep, 10 minutes now because, <laughs> because of all the traffic and everybody buzzing around Norman. So I, I like that. I like when normalcy returns. It's nice. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's just in, it, like the summer, I think, is a good break because it's longer. Like winter break, it seems like it's just a couple of weeks. Jeez. And then, you're, you know, all the bowl games and stuff. Uh, but, okay, so today is uh, January 18th, which is the final day uh, you can declare to enter the portal, which I thought Pete Thamel did a really good job of kind of explaining this on Twitter. So kids, 
they don't have to go officially into the portal today, but they have to go to their compliance offices right. and say, I, I, need, I want to enter the portal. And then it, the compliance might take a couple of days to get through all the red tape to put them there. So we might still see some guys entering the portal over the next couple of days. But essentially, uh, who's a, there's a quarterback, right? That's the last big kind of guy to enter. Uh, the last like big guy to recently? enter or the last big guy left? I mean, that's no, 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 no. There was, in my eyes. No, but there was, there was a quarterback from a Power 5 school that entered recently. Maybe it was a Wisconsin guy. After they Are you talking about Walker Howard? Well, no. I mean, he commit. I saw he committed to Ole Miss. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. Mm-hmm. There's been so many. It's hard for me to keep. Oh, up. I mean, there's not yeah. too many guys that are making decisions now that would be. I. I don't think that, that feel like they're takes. You're not gonna. Yeah. You're not gonna look up and uh, see Danny Stutzman in the portal. Yeah. Like I, everybody that has found a home has found a home for the most part. Bray Walker entered officially yes. on Wednesday morning, but that was expected. Everybody knew that. that I was get. I mean, when you start entering this late, I don't even know how you can get enrolled into your right. next school so that you're there for spring. Like, if you start entering this late, it's almost like you don't care until you get to summer. At that point, well, and you know, I, I always appreciate it. I've been pushing Bob like, "Hey, portal article, portal article," and you've been good about getting stuff up there because it is confusing for everyone about who's in, who's out, who's coming, who's going, uh, who's still out there. And uh, along with that, then you've got the 2023 class. And I think uh, J.R. Sandlin had tweeted out, you know, that they all had arrived. Uh, So that was, you know, good news to hear. Uh, And just to go over, you know, those guys, uh, 14, right? 14 total. Yep. Including Jackson Arnold and... Uh, is Peyton Bowen's one of them, right? Peyton, PJ. I mean, those are. It's not just you know. So PJ at a at a. Oh, let me try this. At a Bawore? Josh, did I get that it's right? It's just it, it's just at a Bare. Like, a and it, it's interesting. Because, I want to do like, the W and the R for some reason. Yeah. Well, it, what's because it's differently pronounced, and I've seen that last name before. There was a guy I actually played for Arsenal uh, that had the same last name, same spelling, everything, and his was Adebowale. And so I was like, "That's what I called him the first time I talked to him." And he's like, "Well, it's actually, you know, he kind of corrected me." So I, I don't know if it's different depending on you know certain areas of uh, of the, you know, of Africa that you're from, like you know, or where your family's from. Like I, I don't know about that how that works. So. Um, but that, that is, his is just a little differently than where I've seen it before. But obviously since last week, I mean, Saturday, the, the Walter Rouse stuff happens. Uh, you guys are, you're on your way to the basketball no, game? No, it was the second half. The second half the basketball I think, I think the movement kind of started like at end of the first half, yep. into halftime. And then mid, midway through, boom, it's done. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know, Josh, how do you explain that? Like, why the flip from Nebraska? I mean, I know there was NIL stuff involved there with him and things that he was looking for. Uh, but what what do you think? I mean, other than, you know, just saying flat out it was NIL, like, what do you think allowed him to make that change from Nebraska? I, I, I you know, I think everyone kind of knew if all things are equal, he'd rather go to Oklahoma for the reasons that we talked about last week, guys, when, when yeah. we said, you know, and I, I – I said, you know, kind of at the risk of being a homer, how do you pick Nebraska over Oklahoma if it's not NIL? And so some of the, some of the, like the Will Compton stuff where he's like, oh, more money. I'm like, that, that's the only reason he picked Nebraska in the first place. <laughs> My, you know, like, so it was just a weird, like, I think you've got that backward. 
But at the same time, um, I I don't know. I'm not going to say I know the numbers. I think at the very least, Oklahoma made it more competitive. Like it, it was a better, you know, like, okay, is, is whatever the difference is worth, you know, going to Nebraska, trying to rebuild in year one. And, I, you know, I don't want anybody to think I'm taking a shot. I think Matt Rule is a is going to do a great job. I think he's an outstanding coach. I just – Year one at Nebraska with all that they are having to fix, it's not going to be the same experience as what we expect Oklahoma to do in year two under Brent Venables. So I, I think it just made more sense. And obviously, like we said again last week, guys, Oklahoma, I mean, for all the you know turnover and everything that's happening, there's not a lot of positions where you could say, I, I don't have a clue who would fill that spot other than left tackle. That is a spot where I don't know what the answer is if they didn't get a guy like this out of the portal. Now, is Rouse going to be here for spring football? He's here, he's but here. he's injured. Yeah, he's got okay. the torn torn labrum. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen so those it, videos, the guy with the shoulder thing, that's Rouse. Okay. That's him, yep. Okay. And the enor- I mean, talk about a good-looking dude, man. <laughs> yeah. that, that's not a that's a oh, no yeah. joke kind of guy. What? Um, and by the way, just real quick, uh, the fourteen. I'm just looking at Bob's stories: P.J. Adebore, Jackson Arnold, Caden Green, Josiah Wagner, Caleb Hicks, Dalen Smothers, Joshua Bates, Derek LeBlanc, Peyton Bowen, Ashton Sanders, Phil Picciotti, uh, Eric McCarty, Macari Vickers, and Kendall Dolby. It's a good group. I mean, if you're going to have anybody I, in, out of the guys that could come in and you know be day one contributors that you want to go through spring, uh, that's a pretty damn good group to be selecting from. And almost a must for Arnold to be here as well as PJ, I yeah, think. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just from the weight room aspect of it, right, Josh? I mean, you saw him in Orlando. Like, how how, how far does he have to go in the weight room? Uh, it's not as far as I think some people think it is. It, this isn't like... Oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a good example. A, a good one from long ago is like Jonte Bumpus, who showed up and was like basically a wide receiver playing defensive end. Like there was a long way to go for him. PJ's bigger than that. I, th- You know, I, I said it earlier. Brent said like 228 on signing day. Seeing him there in Orlando, I was like, he's got to be 240. Like, I mean, he's a big, broad kid, you know, kind of big in the lower body. So that that's one of the things that's always a – uh, a sign to me like if you've got big legs the body's gonna happen up top like sometimes you'll see those guys are kind of skinny legged and a, a guy that I actually saw PJ play against this year is Chindavian Bradley another big time prospect that's gonna go play for Josh Heupel at Tennessee and Chindavian looks like a wide receiver like he is very lean and you're kind of like I don't know how that weight's gonna come on like they may have to get kind of um, creative in the way they want to use him but with PJ if you told me he's like 255 at kickoff, I'm not going to be shocked. Like he is a big, strong guy, never been in a real weight program, never been on a training table. Like I, I could absolutely see him having one of those like Kenneth Murray off seasons where like he shows up and then you're like, holy crap, he's, he's an animal, you know, coming into his true freshman year. So, uh, we don't know. I mean, it's one of those things you just can't know, but I, I don't think there's any reason to think he can't be of a fairly suitable height and weight. He's not like an R. Mason Thomas situation. What, what Real quick with Rouse, what kind of player is Oklahoma getting? Like, I don't think that they're necessarily, they went out and got a guy that's going to win the Outland next year. Uh, but he's obviously started 39 games. He started on an offensive line that was decent, I would, I would say, at Stanford. 
he's obviously extremely intelligent. If he was a biomechanical engineer, I would imagine that he's going to be able to kind of pick things up quickly. Uh, I guess I'm just wondering, like, is he just fill in from day one automatically, no questions about it, the starting left tackle? Do they flip him over to right? Uh, I guess I'm kind of interested to see how that works out. That And that's a really interesting case because, you know, and, and I, I want to give credit. I heard Gabe talking about it, and I couldn't agree more. When you look at him and you look at Tyler Guyton, their skill sets are the opposite of where, you know, you would currently peg them to play. I mean, you'd peg Rouse at left tackle because he just has mountains of experience, and all we've really seen Tyler Guyton do is right tackle. I, I think he, he did have one start in the season at left, if I remember right. Um, but like he's vastly played right tackle, right? That's where there's a lot more information, a lot more tape on. But when you look at them, Guyton's longer, he's af- more athletic. Like he's the prototypical left tackle as to where Rouse is more of the physical going to get after, you know, kind of a run blocking type of guy. Um, now I, again, I like him a lot. I think he's a very steady player. I think he, he, he brings, a a steady level of play like he's not a guy where you don't know what you're going to get or there's going to be these wild you know variations in what you get on tape from week to week do I think he is a Tyler Guyton or Anton Harrison level talent no I, I don't I don't think that's fair to expect now maybe he gets under Bill Biedenboe and some things click and you know it all comes together because you've got to admit like you said Eddie he's clearly a very very smart guy so I don't think picking up things is going to be a problem. Um, but, you know, what What I am interested to see is, like I said, man, you watch, you, you see that video that OU put up. He's clearly a very fit, not, not, not a big sloppy guy, you know, very, has put in work in the weight room, that kind of thing. I want to see, like, if he can kind of turn that switch. Like, can he be that physical mauler type of guy because that's not what you see on tape you see a guy that's got good feet he's very technically sound he's going to do the little things but he doesn't overwhelm you with power or athleticism and you kind of want to see like what's going to be the hallmark of your game like what what are you really going to do that is special at Oklahoma and I, I think that's an open question right now let me ask you uh I mean obviously the safety position uh, needs to be retooled, and it is being through recruiting. But going back to the 14 names we talked about, like obviously everybody's going to expect a lot out of Peyton Bowen. Mm-hmm. And I know you said that he physically needs to gain a little bit. But is maybe Eric McCarty one of those guys that, you know, we end up, the coaches end up talking a lot about during the spring? Yes, because I think he's one of those guys that's going to work his ass off every day. You're not Mm going to worry about him. Like, he's always going to be in the right spot. I just don't know how he, like, and, you know, anybody that you talk to out of Southeast Oklahoma raves about the kid. Uh, You know, says that he was under-recruited, all that that kind of stuff. It's just going to be interesting to see how he fits. Like, I kind of wanted, like, I kind of fell in love with Macari Vickers after Josh sent back that video of Mm -hmm. him and what he was able to do down in San Antonio. Uh, and then the guy that I just – I don't think anybody knows anything about just because, you know, he, it's just weird, I guess. I'm fascinated by Phil Picciotti being a four-star linebacker that it seems like everybody just kind of, in a way, just overlooked when they signed him. And not overlooked. It was just like, I feel like there should be more hype 
around a position that everybody pays attention to. And they went out and got a kid that went to IMG, did everything that you could possibly do in high school, was a Under Armour All-American. And it's just kind of like a, you just shrug your shoulders when he got to Norman. He looks great. I think I, I think some of that's kind of with the Buki, though. IMG kid, like, there's a huh. little bit of a stigma with OU fans with IMG kids. That, that's probably misguided at best for them. Well, I'm just saying, and, and you so know, why, you look at why there's the not country, more Look at all the IMG guys. They all usually are pretty damn good, are they not? Maybe Pledger helped help bring that down a little bit, yeah. too. I don't know. It, IMG hasn't been great to OU, but... You know, probably the highest ranked player OU has a legitimate shot at is an IMG guy at this point in time, and that's David Stone. Sure. So they probably need to get more <laughs> on board with the uh, the David's the IMG idea. But uh, Phil, he's such an interesting guy because I know talking when I was down in Orlando, I had a chance to talk to some people that are familiar with Florida, and they were saying the IMG guys just loved him just loved him thought, you know, like he's a leader. He's a, you know, all the things that you know, Brent Venables values. Phil Picciotti is one of those guys. And so I, I think there was just a lot of, I, I think it, and, and I, again, I've said it before. I wanted to see what happened when he went to IMG because I thought at times he kind of played a lesser schedule and dominated like he should have, but I wanted to see what it would look like when he was playing real dudes week in and week out. And IMG plays as good a schedule as anybody in the country. Um, so I, I was super impressed with what I saw him on tape. But guys, that picture they sent out where he's standing next to Ashton Sanders, mm -hmm. holy crap, <laughs> he looks like a monster. Because one of the things I had heard last year was one of the reasons that some of the more regional schools, the Michigans, the Ohio State, some of those schools that recruit Pennsylvania a lot, didn't get involved with him. And for those that don't follow this as closely, Phil is from Pennsylvania, went to IMG in Florida his senior year. Um, the the thing I'd heard is like, oh, he looks really big on tape, but when you see him in person, he's not that impressive. And I'm like, I don't know what camera they took that picture with because he looks damn impressive just standing there in that next to one of the D-line signees, who is admittedly a shorter guy, but still, that, that was... Uh, like I said, he, he stood out in that picture more than I thought he was going to. Well, let's face it. I mean, you know, everybody can kind of look at like Ryan Reynolds' career as kind of him being a bust and, uh, you know, Tom Wart not really you know, becoming the star that everybody thought he was going to become in high school. But really, Brent, I mean, you look at when he left, like he didn't leave the cupboard bare at linebacker. And then he goes to Clemson, like he knows what he's looking for in a linebacker. I I – you get he gets a free pass for anything that happened at the linebacker position. And oh, by the way, Danny Stutzman and David Awegbu still were in the top five in tackles this year in the Big Twelve. Like, I know that that wasn't to the level that everybody wanted at linebacker, but I have full faith that they're going to get that thing turned around. And I have full faith that even a guy like a Danny Stutzman can still be an All Conference type. Yeah, I oh, do yeah. too. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I. I, I'm I'm probably higher than Stutzman on any. Like I think Stutzman can do have a pretty incredible year next There's year. Just, I really do. Just mindset you with just, him. I you think go more back than and yeah, like it needs to mature a little bit. I think that he knows that. But you go back and like you look back at the uh, the cheese it bowl. There were plays that he makes in that game that it's just like where the hell has this been all year? Like yeah. how's it turned on for one play and turned off for another? 
Yep. Uh, I highlighted one, and it was in the first quarter, and he sees Jordan Travis for the idiot I did. I think finally, I, like kind of like we talked about, we had so many weird breaks there and me going to the all-star game and stuff. It took me a while to get around to it. But there's one where he's playing. A, I think he's just in zone. Like I, I think, and Jordan Travis flushes right. Now, like I said, I want to say it's maybe Florida State's second drive, first drive. It's I, very early in the game. Yes. Towards the Florida and State second drive. And yeah. him from across the field yep. and just goes and runs Jordan Travis down. That's not normal. Like Most guys cannot do that. Jordan Travis is a really good athlete. And the way he did that and the way he was so decisive about it, I mean, that's the stuff where you're like, man, if you can bottle this and you can do it, play in and play out, he, I mean, I, I, I hate to get too crazy, but I mean, like, that's, that's an all American level play. That that's an unbelievable play. I, I hate to put it like this, but I just feel like when you look at Oklahoma defensively in the second year of Brent Venables, uh, it's going to be contingent upon what they get from a defensive line unit Absolutely. that has been basically refurbished through the portal. If Jacob Lacey, if both ride, if trace Ford, if all these guys can come in and stay healthy and at least just give a little bit, I don't think any of them have to be all Americans. It can be a good defense. It can be a good group. Uh, by the way, I don't know. Just, uh, quick mention of uh our great sponsor primeshrimp.com i don't know how many of you guys like do doordash and stuff very often i mean i think through the pandemic a lot of people still do it i hate doing it because you know you 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 want to just get something to eat and it's like it's 30 35 bucks or something with all the fees and stuff added on uh but sometimes you just want a really good restaurant quality meal and i'm here to tell you prime shrimp is a great way to do that uh at a very economical cost they've now gone to a single single packs instead of the double packs uh so it's a little bit cheaper uh 10.99 and 9.99 versus you know what used to be a lot more uh and uh they do a great job shipping it to you it's shipped frozen stays frozen and you just take it right out of the package put it in boiling water you got perfect results in 10 minutes or less uh and you just put it on the plate restaurant quality meal make put some rice with it put some pasta with it uh, and you have a great meal, and you can get all kinds of different flavors, the garlic bub herb butter, uh, the brand-new New Orleans-style barbecue shrimp. Uh, if you like the spices, they got the signature Cajun uh, seasoned shrimp. Uh, they've also got their signature, uh, their, or, I'm sorry, the uh, Louisiana boil Cajun shrimp uh, style, uh, lemon and cracked pepper shrimp, uh, French Quarter Alfredo, my favorite. Uh, so go check them out, primeshrimp.com. Use the promo code SOONERSCOOP. You're going to get $20 off your first order. So like I said, get yourself uh, some Cajun seasoned shrimp. Get yourself some uh, Louisiana boil uh, Cajun shrimp. Both those packs, $9.99 a piece. So you'll just pay for shipping uh, to get your first order using that promo code SOONERSCOOP.com. So go check them out, primeshrimp.com. Uh, great sponsor of the pod, and appreciate you guys supporting them uh, that way as well. So, you know, let's go a little – we can go back to – kind of looking forward to spring football but portal wise we all know kind of uh you know the receiver position is something Oklahoma has not struggled but you know guys that they've identified have gone other places I know Josh you said sometimes uh they just didn't feel great about it but I, don't, I think receiver is an interesting portal position because most of those guys if they're really productive they're not leaving it it's, I mean, Theo Weiss, like injuries. Jordan Addison really kind of skewed everything because I right. think that they look and they're like, you just got a Bolitnikoff guy. That's a very like unique that, circumstance. Very unique. Yeah. And he's not often going to go play with the Heisman Trophy winner either. 
you know. And all these guys you see going to the portal, they have like four catches or you yep. know three hundred yards and two touchdowns. You're banking on potential. Yeah. There's a reason. Production. There's a yeah. reason that they're leaving. Like you're looking like Tyler Harrell at Bama or Dominic Blaylock at Georgia. You're like, well, maybe they just didn't quite get the chance at that big of a school. And if they come here, they'll get more chances and they'll show what they can do. The, the, the Jamison Williamses are very rare just because there's not many rooms like Ohio State's wide receiver room right, yeah. where uh, there's legitimately an NFL talent that's just not able to get on the field because there's so many just monsters in front of him. Um, but, yeah, guys, uh, but I will say, and, and you know, I know Bob said it last week, and I, I think it's pretty accepted at this point. There's no reason to go grab a receiver you don't feel good about because – Guys, Andrew Anthony falls into the same conversation of what we're talking yes, about. A he guy does. that seems to have talent but hasn't produced much. But, you know, I know Eddie's mentioned it to us before. There are people around that program that are very high on his potential. They, they think he can be a very good player. Um, and so, like, you've got to believe it. But I know people are like, oh, they've got to have more receivers. They, you know, and uh, guys, I mean, I, I think we all thought they had Trey Harris. And I think, oh, you thought they had Trey Harris. And, you know, there was some late moves that turned that around in a different direction. But there, uh, there is, there are going to be more guys in May that go into the portal. And they, who knows, maybe OU gets lucky and it is a guy from a situation like, you know, Jamison Williams where he realizes, like, as good as I am, I'm stuck behind better players. I can go somewhere else and help, in a, you know, in a room that maybe doesn't have much experience. Like, we, you, we all know Oklahoma's receiver room doesn't. So, I, I, I just – the people that, like, want him to just go get anybody, man, that's that's not the way you help your roster. That's not how you build a good roster. They need to be good people. Now, you get to the end of May and you're still in trouble. Okay, you may have to go take a JC guy just to run practices the way you want to do it or whatever it may be. But the other thing to consider is, guys, I'm not – uh, like, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Does Oklahoma need that many receivers when they really only play three or four? Like, I, I, I don't, I mean, like, I, I don't think the they want to do that say? again. Yeah, I think would that be the would be thing. Yeah. I think that's. So do we, I mean, but that's something that's been a, Jeff Levy's, I mean, like, go back and look at some of his snap counts. They, it's not always been a, I'm not saying unilaterally. But there are a lot of situations where it's not been a heavy rotation at receiver. But, you know, that's part of the problem, though. I mean, along with you know, other things that we point out, it's like the three-man rotation, you had probably better players in, in Trayvon West and Brian Darby that are as talented as anybody you're going to bring in. Like, especially Trayvon West. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day that is a, a former college coach, and he was like, dude, Trayvon West can play. Like, he's, he needs to find a home. And, like, these guys are having trouble finding places to go. It's somewhere in between of, I think, when you go out and you get somebody in the portal, too, and especially somebody that is, you know, contributed or played or brings in some stats, it just makes you feel better about the situation because there's so many guys in Norman right now that they're, it's just a wait and see, and you're not going to be able to find out for another six months, can Jaden Gibson play when the lights come on? Can Nick Anderson play when the lights come on? Can That's, J.J. Hester get back J. to who, yeah. who he was? L.B. Bunkley I, Shelton emerged like Bunkley I thought Shelton he would. is one of the more fascinating guys going into the spring for me just as far as it seems like every time that you saw him make a play, which was very minimal this past season, I liked a lot of what I saw. You just never really saw a whole lot of it. And you know that, like, Julio Farouk's going to be good, but can he be – can he be a Marvin Mims? Can he, Can he be, be a, a dominant one? type mm -hmm. player? 
you know, I, I think Drake's going to be really, really good. Obviously, he's going to be what everybody's kind of come to expect from him. Um, you know, Gavin Freeman's going to find a bigger spot in the offense, obviously. Uh, well, we talked just, about this last week. Like, the room is not bad. It's right. just they're missing so much difference makers on the outside. Yeah. Yep. It's, and, it's, uh, and, and you're the not difference finding makers that in the that portal. I'm could sorry. be out there not. are guys that just haven't played. Yeah. Like, I think, I think Jaden Gibson's going to be really good someday. But to sit here and say that I, you know, you're going to look up and in three years he's going to be a Blitnikoff type guy, I, I don't know. Like, I, there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, well, they played Nick Anderson and L.B. Bunkley-Shelton over him in the bowl game. So. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's funny that Nick's only stat of the season is that rush. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> it's not a catch. It's that rush in the bowl game. It'll, it, it will be kind of fascinating to see, too, just like how quickly these guys catch on to what Emmett Jones is teaching because I think it's like the one thing that you read besides the DFW connections is – his dedication to be a developer of talent. And if, well, I think we saw that like with Jay Valai too. Like, sure. I mean, he did a better job developing those guys. Uh, and it's like, you know, one of the big ones that I know Bob keeps bringing up is Jaden Davis. And like, he announced that he's signing with the Crimson and Cream Collective the other day. So you got to think that means something uh, that he's not headed anywhere and he's got the COVID year. So, you know, I, I, I like we we have man crushes on Jaden Davis. I mean, we all do. I mean, he was when when everything shut down, everything was zooms. Like he was the only thing to look it's forward. Tremendous to. Tremendous interview. To. Yeah. So I hope he does well. I hope he comes back, and I hope he he becomes a legitimate you know every down starter, a guy that you don't want to see leave the field. And then you hope Gentry Williams gets better for. Cause I think that's what kind of the David Aguebu thing. No other position. Hey, we want to see the younger guys take that spot. We want. Canic to take over. We want why Gentry maybe CJ Colton sidestepped. You know, well, left. yeah, because yeah, now you would have Woody and Jaden, and people are like I want Gentry. Well, then Gentry's got to be better then. Well, we don't. The, the thing about it too is like we don't know what happened during the bowl practices. Like, did Nick Anderson do more than Jaden Gibson? Uh, did LV Bunkley Shelton do more than Jaden Gibson to show? that they were ready to play before him. Like, maybe it's an attitude, a practice attitude with Jaden Gibson as well. I mean, I know people were upset. Like, how dare they not play him? Like, why didn't they play him? Maybe he didn't deserve to play. Because that, that was the fans' response toward uh, no Robert Spears Jennings or Gentry Williams on defense in the mm -hmm. bowl game. They're like, wait a minute. You're playing Jaden Davis and Justin Broyles and you know guys like that. Why are you not? given the young guys run and that could be because they didn't bring it in the bowl practices we 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 don't know Jaden davis always did seem and it this means basically nothing but he was always one of those guys that it seemed like was locked in on the sidelines it's almost like he knew what was going on as far as you know he just had to just a get healthy up, again straight up get healthy and straight up learning year as a freshman like you just weren't ready uh from a maturity standpoint to get out there on the field and that's okay so, um, yeah, I mean, Josh, just, just, I mean, throw it out there. Do you think OU will sign another receiver before this is all said and done, or, or take a, take a, take a receiver in the portal? Oh, I do. I, I, I think it'll probably. If I'm betting, I'd say it's May. But uh, I know that there has continued to be at least some, you know, surface contact between uh, Xavier Weaver and Oklahoma, uh, the the wide receiver from uh, South Florida, 
that I know. Uh, we, you know, we were talking about in the, uh, the Xavier lead in Worthy? that visited Colorado over Did the you weekend. Say Xavier Worthy. Nice. Sorry. Did I say worthy? No, no you did. No. You said Weaver. But okay. Hey, we still got another day or I two heard to Xavier, see. Yeah. If he's gonna hit. I mean, that's got to be like. That's got to be one of the biggest. Like we go through those periodically, where it's just this crazy rumor mill, and you can't ever shut it down. Like the Xavier no. Worthy is definitely that for Texas. Uh, guys, that's such an interesting thing because you look. Like what he brings to the table fits Oklahoma to a yep. team, oh, man. <laughs> but he also, man, his inconsistency with his hands, like, you know, you, you talk about the, and again, like for Marvin Mims, it's really like a game and a half, but like Worthy has struggled with that for a while. Like it's clearly, he's not a great, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, catcher of the ball. A natural so, receiver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I grew up, my one of my favorite movies was Unnecessary Roughness, and the guy that could fly, but he couldn't catch the ball. And, like, that's what he reminds me of sometimes. Um, yeah, a Scott Bakula classic. Um, he was also the guy but, selling uh, magazines on Office office Space. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right, it was. I'm familiar you're with right. that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he got a little smile on his face. He's like, yeah, I know that movie. Mm-hmm. Eddie knows the crackhead a, or the former, a pretend crackhead. I'm formerly addicted uh, to crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they heard uh, that and they were like, do you know anything about money laundering? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. But guys, I, I had been told, you know, and I, again, I, I do. I think they'll bring in another receiver. But what I will say, kind of, to, you know, and I know some people have heard what I said earlier and be like, oh, Josh is crazy. In two of his three years, he's uh, Jeff Levy's basically had four receivers that ate up the lion's share of um, snaps. snaps. Yeah. And uh, in two of those three seasons, the fifth wide receiver had less than 100 snaps for the whole year. Is that, is that have a lot – I mean, is that directly connected with the way that he runs an offense and going speed up? And if things are running perfectly, you don't sub. you're not going to be subbing go, very go. often. That I, I think it's, it, it's and I, I mean, like, I'm not saying this isn't part of the plan. I'm just saying I think this is kind of the way they operate. Like, I almost wonder if they need the receiver numbers as much for practice yeah. and running, you know, running at that pace and running two offenses and doing the things that they'll do as for, like, game snaps. I mean, and obviously injuries can happen. You've got to be prepared for all of that. But, like, people thinking OU needs, like, 12 receivers, I the numbers don't back that up. You know, I think, oh, you, you, now that you, you mentioned that. I'm thinking of, like, uh, practicing and getting Jackson Arnold snaps with good players. And, like, I think at the end of spring, they just need to come out and say, Jackson Arnold is our backup quarterback. It's no longer Davis Bevel. That'll I think be the fans the, need to hear that. It's going to be one of the top questions. I mean, need to shouldn't be you just go ahead and say it? Because you know it's going to be on everybody's mind. Like, I don't need to see him practice. I don't even need to see him take any snaps at Norman. I, I, I saw him play three games this past season, including one on television, Like, I, which would be four. Jackson Arnold's a better quarterback than Davis Bevel. So, to, and I, guys, I realized I said two of the three, and I was talking about Ole Miss and the one year at UCF as, as the OC. So I went and looked at Oklahoma. 
LV Bunkley Shelton was the fifth receiver as far as snaps received. Uh, one, two, three. That yeah, wasn't the much fifth. then. Yeah. He had 105. <laughs> I much. mean, he just barely cro- crossed the line. Uh, Gibson had 92, and then you had Freeman and Hester. Freeman, because he's not in the scholarship chart, I think people forget about him. He's a scholarship caliber player. Like, he, he is going to be on scholarship at some point in the not-too-distant future would be my guess. All right, so um, – you know, outside of that, uh, I, I'm just trying to think, is there any, in terms, I mean, we talked about uh, Walker Rouse and kind of, you know, injury not being here. Is there anybody else that you expect that might be nursing an injury or anything going into the spring that of the incoming guys? Not mm. of the incoming guys. I mean, obviously, Jacob Sexton's going to be going through re, uh, rehab yeah. during the spring. Um I'm trying to think. Is there anybody that, like, at the end of the it season, was nice was to see anything? JJ Hester in pads for he the for be, the bowl game. Right. Yeah, I he mean, was on a scooter. Back a he was on the scooter the entire second half of the season, but he was lying, you know, suited suited up and ready to go. I mean, you know what else? The spring is really going to tell us, like, what's Rame, the, I don't know what his real like yeah. situation will be going I bet into he'll the take spring. It easy Shane in the spring. Witter, Witter, and then you know. I think one of the biggest questions in the spring is like, where's Marcus Major's place on this team? Sure. And is he going to stay healthy? Yeah, like I, it's it's the question that I think has kind of plagued his career over the last three years. It's like, if he's healthy, he can help. But if he's not, then what we've I'm ready seen to, out of Gavin Saw. So- I'm, I'm ready so- to move he's on. He's had two seasons of injury and one of academic issues. Sure. So I, I mean, I'm I'm ready to move on if if he's not going to be able to. Uh, be a contributor and be a guy that you can count on. I love what Javon, like Javante Barnes is one a for me or one and Gavin Sawchuck and uh, Marcus major. They're kind of two a two B right now. And I might even put Sawchuck in two a, what do you think about uh, Hicks and Smothers, Josh? Where would they fit uh, in? <laughs> I, I was literally going to say, there is a very real part of me that they, thinks Dalen Smothers gets more carries than than uh, Marcus Major this year. Like I, Ooh. I think Dalen Smothers has a chance to be special. He's an open field. He's dynamic. The question is, and you know, we've talked about it on I think maybe last week was how quickly does he pick it up? He didn't yep. play his entire senior play. year. Like yep. how how does that speed up get to him? Or, and it's probably because I. Saw him, and we all kind of fell in love with him physically during bowl practices. But can the Emeka Megwa kid mm. do? Can he? I mean, in the videos that he puts up on Instagram and stuff, he's moving well. I know that like the knee injuries have been kind of a thing that is obviously you know knocked him out of Washington and got him here. Physically, he looks fantastic. I I'm, I guess I'm interested to see what he could actually do once spring ball starts you've got to think they've got a role for him, right? Like, I mean, like he can be your short down, you know, your short yardage back. Right. Like you don't see that as much in the college game because, you know, you're just, you don't have that. Usually you can manipulate it in a way to find a score where the NFL, like we, if we've got to pound it downhill three straight plays, that's what we got to do. Um, you don't see that as much in college where they have a guy who's, who truly has a specialty like that, but you could see that for him. It would make all the sense in the world because he is a, I mean, very much like Samaje in the way that from the time he was like a sophomore, you're like, holy crap. Like that that guy, I mean, and I, I'm talking about in high school. Yes. You knew physically yep. <laughs> he was unusual. Um, 
And now the thing that's scary is everybody sees him and they, they run to the exact comparison I just made. I want to be really careful about that. He is not some, he's not that caliber of player. He doesn't have those kind of feet, like all the things that made Samaje special Megwa, I wouldn't put him on that level, but he's very good. He, he could have a role. I can absolutely believe that. I just, I don't want people to expect him to be something he's not and then be disappointed with what is a serviceable and, you know, a useful player, but he just, I think he's more of a role guy than a pure, you know, 20 carries a game type of player. Cardell Thomas from LSU just entered the portal. Oh, one of the funnest camp guys you ever wanted to see. That's one of, that, like, one of the guys that I remember. Like, just you don't get out, you don't get much out of those offensive line, defensive line battles in the camp setting. But he was like one of those guys that people feared going up against. He was like trying to run around the Kool Aid Man. Like, I mean, like, it, it, like <laughs> he was so big and broad and like powerful. Like his arms, like his arms weren't very long, but like, holy crap, dude! I mean, he was. You eventually, at some point, you had to meet him, and he was just going to bury you once he did. I don't know what went wrong. I don't know if his length just kind of caught up to him. I thought he would be, at very least, a solid player for uh, for LSU. By the way, uh, we have something coming up. I, I can't wait to show everybody on the board. Uh, Dead Soxy, his, uh, they've, they've made a bunch of prototypes for unofficial 40 sock for us uh, that we're going to be selling at Soonerscoopstore.com. I'm going to put it on the board, let you guys vote on which one is your favorite. Uh, but Dead Soxy, they do make custom socks for companies and organizations. Uh, they're the same as their regular Dead Soxy socks. Uh, they make incredible promotional gifts, giveaways, uh, also great for fundraisers. Uh, custom socks, they might just be the best promotional product out there, especially coming from Dead Soxy. So if you've never tried it, you should. Think about it. Every person you know wears socks every day, and they wear their favorite pairs a lot. So why not take advantage of you know that situation and take fundraising or branding to a whole new level? The minimum order is only 100 pairs of the same style, and the lead time is six to eight weeks. And right now, every custom order is $100 off. So get your project started now. Uh, we started ours a few weeks ago with uh, with the unofficial 40 socks. They've already got the, uh, the the proofs out for us to pick what we want. So just go to deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com slash custom. That's deadsoxy.com slash custom to check out what they do with customer socks. So uh, go check them out also. Uh, if you just want to reorder some of uh, your socks or get some new ones, use that promo code SCOOP, and you'll get 25% off your entire order, even sale items. Uh, for the rest of January. DeadSoxy.com. Uh, appreciate their uh, great sponsorship of the show as well. By the way, uh, so that was kind of the bombshell this morning, uh, the uh, the Howard kid uh, yep. picking Ole Miss, because like, I didn't even realize that Jackson Dart was back next year. I mean, until today, for some reason. I just assume maybe he had one, but that makes sense. So, he, I mean, the Howard kid, was he a five-star at Rivals, Josh, or, or was he a consensus guy, five-star? <sighs> I think he was a consensus guy. I don't think he was uh, – hang on, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, but, you know, class of 2022 guy, uh, if I'm not mistaken – He's the no, one that started the, the top 20 guy in the country. Brian Kelly the, yeah. photo thing where they spin around. The, yeah, Where he's spinning oh, around yeah. and, he, and Brian Kelly's dancing yep. and it's just not <laughs> good for anybody. Doing the or whatever. The, <laughs> ugh, it was awful. Oh. He started it all. 
But I mean that obviously. <laughs> Thank you, Walker Howard. Obviously, that you know takes a closes the door for Spencer Sanders. But like, if Jackson Dart was there, how realistic was that in the first place that Spencer Sanders would go there? Uh, you know, we've heard. I I don't know if you guys ever. I I know I played it for Eddie, but the whole Robert Allen uh, interview on Big Twelve Serious Radio, like obviously that was you know from the coach's perspective of how it happened, and you want there was some uh, tweet. Spencer Sanders made with just a house, like a home, like indicating he found a home or something. Um, so you, I mean, all signs kind of point to Auburn. Yeah. Um, with I, you freeze as their new coach, but like the thing is, like if you did want to come back, you can't go back to OSU now. Like, no. and I know o, there's some OSU fans are hoping like he ends up back in in Stillwater, but like that roster has been decimated over the last month. Like there's nothing to go back to in a large part because of the actions that he made. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting it all on Spencer right. Sanders, but he kind of started the domino effect exactly. of everybody leaving. How, how quickly did he ask to come back? I had heard that he, well, Robert Allen said they are, were yeah. already nine practices in when he asked to come, which back. like, if that's the case, I kind of sided with Mike Gundy on that. Like you can't, I, and I know it's different for quarterbacks, but with him entering the portal, that opened the door to, you know, Gunnar Gundy having the surgery, which, you know, kind of set the, the quarterback depth in uh, a little bit of chaos. You can't just, like, come back and not practice. I don't care if you are. Like, you're supposed to be the leader of the football team. Like, yeah. Well, and nine practices in, like, and I mean, we all know, I, I, there's, there's a part of me that thinks this is Mike Gundy just being too proud um, to acknowledge that his team is worse off for not having Spencer Sanders next year. Yep. But at the same time, I, I get where he's coming from. Like I, I get the, the thinking behind it because nine practices in that means you went to the portal and it's not going like you thought it was going to go. Like you, you thought everybody was going to come beat down your door and you're like, Oh no, Oklahoma state still what's probably best for me. And I, I don't blame – I mean, because there's – like maybe in the future if he sets that standard, I'm, and I'm sure that's what Gundy's thinking is, hey, guys, it's not always the grass is greener out there. So, you know, Spencer had to learn it this way. Maybe you can see it the same way in the future when you start thinking about this stuff. So I I, I see it, but at the same time, it's kind of like cutting your nose off to spite your face. Like you, you really want to go into next season with the quarterback room – the way it is really that, that that's, that's the best thing for your football team. They got, they got Bowman. See how it works out. I, Who I like. I, I mean, I, mean I, I love Alan Bowman. I, I like, I'm one of those, like no matter how many times he, like I, it's, it's the Michael from the office. Like I'm ready to be heard again. Like, and <laughs> technically so is he, but you know, it, it, it's just, it's just brutal, man. Cause like every time, the kid starts to get right, something happens and you're like, and then you're falling to a couple of guys that in limited flashes didn't show anything that made you feel like they're ready to be Oklahoma state's guy. Well, I mean, yeah, the only thing I, th I think makes sense now is just him ending up at Auburn, letting Oklahoma state go on their own way. I mean, they've signed, they've, they've gone a big into the portal, signed a lot of guys. I don't know how good a lot of those guys are, but didn't they get like a division three receiver as one of them? They have definitely yeah. dipped into the D two D three ranks yep. here over the last couple of days. Yeah, or a couple of weeks. Yep. Excuse me. That Utah the, Tech guy or whatever. Guys, uh, well, it would be interesting if Florida would make a late run committed. at Spencer Sanders here. 
That would oh, be super that interesting. interesting. That's a that's a mm-hmm. very interesting question with the Jaden Rashada stuff that yeah. I don't know. We haven't Oof. talked about that can here, we, have can we? Can we just, like, Josh, you know so many people in the national <laughs> recruiting scene. Like, what is the scuttlebutt with Rashada? Like, I mean, not, well, not, not, not that you're reporting anything, but, like, sure. there's got to be some feeling that maybe this happened. Like, whose fault, you know, who's really at fault? Because I think a lot of people see that, the $13 million, and they're just like, that's crazy. And the response is, yes, that is crazy. So, Who's the one that screwed this up the most? Like, how did it get to that point? It sounds like one of the, I don't know if you just want to say the collective as a whole for Florida, one of the collectives for Florida or one, if it, you know, or if it was an individual person, it sounds like there were promises made that like they could just never have been kept. Like it it wasn't like, I, and I don't know if it was just somebody in a panic, like we got to get a quarterback and Rashad is the guy we have a chance at. And like, cause it just, it like the, not the fact that people keep coming back to 13 million. Like I doubt everybody's wrong about that. Like I, I doubt that that number just, you know, showed up and I, there is some talk. I mean, you listen to some people that follow NIL really closely that that number's not that far off for some guys. Now, um, I think anybody in yes, my line of work, Caleb Williams, a Heisman Trophy amount. winner, that number's not that far off. But that's it. <laughs> yes, no, no, that, that that's that's right. Like, that, that, and that's the thing. Like, and it, it'd be one thing if you're talking about like, guys, we talked about it when Arch Manning picked Texas. Like, and I know OU fans, calm down, calm down. Arch Manning, for his namesake alone, might be worth that. Yes, like just because of what he brings to your program, especially if his uncles but, and his his dad are involved in his in his yes, grandfather. Like, can, Will Peyton and Eli show up and just take one picture in Texas gear? Like, okay, done. Like, well, we've got we've got gifs forever. Um, I mean, they no, could. I mean, Peyton and, and Eli could put him in their national commercials, and then it's, yes. and then you're making that kind of money. Yes, um, but th- that's the thing. Like, there is um, my understanding is there was a deal, and basically it came down to there just wasn't going to be like. Florida was never going to be able to meet that number because it was a collective that made these promises. And guys, like we've talked about, the collectives aren't like, that's great for the, the, the starting left guard or the, you know, like the, the guy that I, I don't mean any offense to those guys, but they're not commanding the same market that a quarterback is. That's where we talk about. You got to have the big money guys that are serious and want to be involved. And Florida has some of those guys but they weren't involved in this deal from what I can gather. And I think a guy just promised more than he could ever deliver. And then when it came time for it to happen, Florida's like, what are you talking about? Like, we didn't do this. Like, I know people are trying to blame this on Billy Napier. And I, I think Billy Napier is like a very good coach. I, I think he could do well at Florida, but they've got to stop eating him alive. Well, yeah, it's like you want us nothing to do with. You want us to let you out of a, a national letter of intent because of something someone else negotiated outside of our football program? Like, that yep. makes no sense. Yep. And they That's... shouldn't. I hope they don't let him out of his NLI. Well... The problem, I mean, Carrie, the problem with that is, is a perception deal. So you don't do that. Well, then recruits are going to hear from Rashada, like he, because he'll shout it from the rooftops because he doesn't have an NDA. Like he can tell everybody, they're going to make you promises. They're going to promise you money. They're not going to deliver. And then you're stuck with Florida. Like you you can't do anything. Like 
you don't want to be the first school to get punitive with a a high school recruit like that that that's boy there's a lot of there's a lot of backroom conversations but you know that are what they really going to make it hard to you know what? in northern oklahoma though i hope it happens cuz i think it'd be entertaining <laughs> as hell but, no i, I don't <laughs> oh, think sure. it, like in the end it doesn't go in the school what happens probably is that nli uh, nil company not, well, essentially folds. Yeah. They keep the same donors behind it, and they just start a different one. And they say, well, that one was that one was rotten. Like, we fixed it, and now we have this new – and it'll still be all the same people backing it. But, I mean, Kerry, like, think about that. That That's kind of it's, – it's the opposite perspective. But it's just like OU pushing – look at Trent Williams and Lane Johnson's success in the NFL. There's nobody on that campus that had anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, like – Kids don't look at that. that you're, you're thinking too deep. They don't think about it like that. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, that's part of the problem is that, like, NIL has become a dirty word, like, in, in less in, – in right about a year. I mean, like, now, like, I I don't want to get into it all, but, I mean, it's just like with the, the Crimson and Cream thing, it's like they've raised this money, uh, they've signed up all these people, but – you have to have things for them to do to earn the money. Like, so what, like, has anybody heard? I mean, other than selling booty cream, like what's, what are they doing for the money? I assume they'll show up like at charity auctions and things like that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Well, that's what the one Oklahoma one is all about doing charitable stuff. Like, but that's the thing. It's like, Okay, you've got to the point where you 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 raised money, you've got money put in, and now every player but is now signed. You have to have, a, or, yeah, he's offered, you have to have some infrastructure offered. in order to execute all these things because they have to do some type of work to earn the money. So it's like, and wow, everybody's like, I mean. why can't they? Why can't they get this done fast enough? Like, why aren't they signing up people? Why aren't they taking money? Because I mean, like they're doing all that, but they're doing it kind of in reverse. They're like taking the money, but they don't actually have the structure. To execute, you know, whatever you would activities that would generate them revenue. I still think, I still think that Michael Turk has probably made way more money than anyone in Oklahoma football because of name, image, likeness. He had a little bit of a head start on everybody though, just because he, he had, had a that huge, huge YouTube, YouTube channel before he platform, got here, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like he he had already done all the legwork. It was just, but he knows what to do though. Like he, right. I was watching uh, Channel Nine News and they were showing him, you know, Grace kicking field goals in the indoor with him. Like, like he's got the he's got the local media like showing his stuff on YouTube. Yeah, he has a he has a massive following, and it was actually kind of funny. Like you would see before games, uh, kids from other teams yelling, "Hang time, hang time!" Yeah. Like I watch your YouTube videos. Yeah. Like <laughs> it it was kind like he was a legitimate celebrity on the football team. Right. And he was a good potter, by the way. And all you crazy. And all you people that like don't understand TikTok and all that stuff, it's like, that's what kids gravitate toward now. Like, that's yeah, why kid, Jake Paul is rich and Logan Paul is rich. That's why he got the Cheez-It room. Right. Yeah, 100%. Like, it was because of his following. And by the way, notice in the stuff. last basketball game, Cheez-It was advertising on the boards. Like, right? They must have got a lot of run out of <laughs> OU being in that bowl game. In Norman, they were. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, were they really? Mm -hmm. yep. On the ba on the ribbon banners That's below the, the scorekeeper's table. Is that like part of like a uh, cheese it bowl like bowl thing? Like you have to agree to carry over advertisement for a month or something? I doubt it. No, I can't see that. They already charge you at the ask for tickets and all that stuff. So uh, I don't know. I mean, 
I guess the only thing, you know, football-wise to talk about is just, you know, the coaches, they've been going to high schools, uh, you know, all over the country. Do you think OU's going to get poached, Josh? Coaching-wise? Yeah. <laughs> I – I don't. I know the the. I mean, you know, and we might as well. The two rumors have been, they're, you know, Alabama expressing some interest in Jeff Lebby. Um, and I, you know, frankly, I, I think Eddie's probably better versed to talk on that topic than I am. And then secondarily, um, Jay Valai and Ole Miss. There's and been Ole some Miss, rumors right. that have gone around. I, I guys, I don't know about you. I just, I don't like. I can see how a kid could get caught up and maybe pick an Ole Miss over OU for a few reasons, but like. I, I don't see any coach that feels Ole Miss and OU is in it's any way an a parallel world. So I mean, you know, was he so tight with Golding or you know, or some sort of title and raid? I don't know. But I mean, it, he's with Brent Venables now, which is you know a much bigger name in the defensive world than Pete Golding. I mean, and yeah, the other and, thing and he is spent just Jay, as much it, time with Venables as he did with Golding. And, and the Jay, thing, Jay said he doesn't. He's sick of the one year stops. He wants to stay. Well, and the thing is, uh, like Josh is saying, like there's no comparison to the budgets between Ole Miss and OU, recruiting mm-hmm. budgets, everything. Like Ole Miss, like you watch some of their games, they don't even have full stadiums at some of those games. Like it's it's not – it's a lot more like TCU than it is OU. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a very SEC version of TCU. Yeah. It I And, you know, with Levy, I just – I don't – I've never gotten the – uh, feeling or indication from anybody that I've talked to that that was ever very serious. Now it might he might have had discussions and he's looked at it because I think anytime Nick Saban calls, you at least got to pick up the phone. But I don't think that he's in any spot where he'd be looking to leave Oklahoma. I think that this is. I'm not saying that like the offense coordinator job at Oklahoma is his dream job by any means, but I think that you know having been around here and his connections back here, I think that they're pretty settled for right now. Um, I think the, until the, he were to get a head coaching job or something like the that. The history of Oklahoma is that if you're a successful offensive coordinator, you're you going to get a head coaching job. job. Right. I mean, every single coach has done that. I mean, Heupel got let go, but he still ended up a head coach. And this never came up with anybody that I talked to, but and it, it kind of goes back to even the Lincoln-Riley stuff when you talk about Caleb Williams. It's like, I just have a hard time thinking that he would leave Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold after recruiting him for a year and a half. Well, and there's, you know, I, I, you would think that Dylan Gabriel got some assurances before he announced he was Bingo. coming back, right. that Levy was going to be I here. I think that's fair. That might have been why and, it took so long. And look, I mean, I can say this. Like, Al, uh, Jeff Levy has gone through channels and wanted people to say, I'm not, I've turned down Alabama. And even he's turned down Georgia. Like, Georgia came after him, from what I was told. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen to Todd Munkin. Maybe they're thinking he's gone no it's, matter what. But It's interesting NFL. that Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, two of the uh, premier coaches in college football, would come after a guy that everybody wanted to run out of Cleveland County, uh, you know, three months ago. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah, I mean, he is a wanted man. Uh, and like you said, Eddie, I mean, I do know that he has told both of those he's happy at OU. Now, Alabama, whether they keep coming back or not, that's another question. Yeah, like uh, that, we're talking like as of now. Yeah. If if he if you know we publish this and find out on mon- on Saturday afternoon that he's taking the offense coordinator job at Alabama, you go well, shit changed. I want to yeah. know what that contract. Yeah, like what <laughs> happened? Exactly. I want, how, much, yeah. how much money is he getting? I mean, is he getting five million dollars to be an offensive coordinator? Because I mean, I think that's kind of what it's you know the 
it would have to be in that area, that range. And then we'd be wondering about Jackson. Would he be looking for an out? I'm not ready to get that. No, that let's not I'm go. I'm not ready to start go. thinking about that kind of stuff, Bob. I want to have a quiet weekend. <laughs> That's the leverage. I mean, like, and you wonder how OU would you know, you know, numerically think about that. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not just about Jeff Levy. It's about the future future of, you know, the most valuable position in sports. Well, like I, that's one of my buddies said it best. If they were that committed to, you know, paying the buyout for Emmett Jones at Texas tech, I would imagine mm-hmm. that they would do just about, you know, I wouldn't say anything for Jeff Levy, but I think that they would go a pretty far away to try to keep him around. I'll say this too. Like that, just that's my thinking. What I've heard about Levy kind of behind the scenes is like he enjoys all that stuff that like, you know, the Nick Sabans and the Mike Gundy's, like not Nick Saban, but like the Mike Gundy, all the stuff he doesn't like. Like, you know, I think I think Jeff Levy enjoys kind of the NIL part of things and you know, working that part of the system and I think Jeff Levy's a dog. Yeah. Behind he's the scenes. he mm-hmm. is committed to doing what has to be done. To legally get players to Me and my friends always put it this way. He's SEC ready. I think Jeff Levy is SEC ready. He is SEC ready. That's that's probably the best way to describe it. No doubt about it. All right. uh, Josh, anything else you want to add about, uh, you know, junior days? I got one. Yeah. I mean, we had Michael Hawkins. Did not know he would be showing up on uh, campus, Josh. How, How did that come about? How does that change things going into his choice here in the next couple of weeks? Well, I, I think I think most people know, and Michael, to my knowledge, hasn't really come out and said it publicly, but I think most people expect this is kind of coming down to Oklahoma and Arkansas for him, and there was definitely a feeling, oh, a week to 10 days ago, that it was Arkansas was probably out in front. There was a lot of NIL talk there, um, but coming out of the weekend, I am, um, you know, and, and within that, I think he wanted to go see each school one last time, and that was kind of what this was what this was about. And then he's supposed to go see Arkansas this weekend. Um, I, 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 like I said, from everything I, I, I've said it all along and I know people get frustrated when I kind of give these half answers. My feeling was if Oklahoma was serious about Michael Hawkins, they were going to be very difficult to beat for Michael Hawkins. I wasn't entirely sure they were that serious, but talking to some people after the weekend, I, I get the impression that they made it very clear he's their guy. He, they're going to push hard for him. They'd like to have him. Uh, obviously, he brings a lot to the table. Uh, we know Jeff Levy likes a quarterback who can do things with his feet. And Michael Hawkins is a dangerous runner. Um, and is a guy that I, I think is underrated as a passer. Now, we saw him against Geyer. Eddie and I did. And he wasn't great that night. I'm not going to you know paint it as something it wasn't. But at the same time, like I watch him on tape and you see him make throws that you're like, wow, that, that that's a big league throw. So I, there's potential there. And I think you follow up Jackson Arnold. It's pretty tough to immediately go and say, okay, now you get another five star. doesn't usually work that way. Um, you know, we, we watched Lincoln Riley for years, get, you know, an elite guy and then kind of a guy that is developmental and could use some time. And I think that's probably what you're going to see here with Michael Hawkins is they get a guy that they can give some time to. They can let him develop. They can let him grow into it. And if everything takes, Michael Hawkins can be a special player. It's just a matter of if he gets there. So, again, I like where OU is. I know Arkansas is not going to give this chase up. Like They're, they're going to fight for him to the finish. But I, I do like where OU is coming out of the weekend. Would – the Kendall Bryles situation and his pursuit of TCU or TCU's pursuit of Kendall Bryles, would that change anything for 
uh, Michael Hawkins, just not as far as with Arkansas, but would that flip over to TCU and staying closer to home? And, you know, he's making the move from Allen up to uh, Frisco. It just would, would, do you think any of that would change for him? And it'd be kind of interesting not with really. two brother-in-laws going against each other. And, and a big part of why it wouldn't matter is TCU already has their quarterback in that class. There you go. Uh, the, the Marcos Davila kid from Midland. Oh, that's right. Um, okay. Yeah. That's who, good. Who, who, who is a, a good very one. good player. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, so I, I don't think now again, maybe Bryles gets there and Davila is not the right fit for him. I mean, let's so you don't know how that plays, but I, I don't think there's been any real relationship between Hawkins and the rest of that TCU staff for a while. So I think that would, that would probably pass. Now, what I will say is from some conversations I've had, if Bryles leaves, Arkansas is almost dead in the water. Like well, there, there's very little reason uh, to think that they could, they could weather that storm. Brandon Marcello from uh, 24 seven just reported that it's expected that Kendall Bryles is headed to TCU. Whoa. Okay. Time, look at us. Timely, timely. That was actually very timely. So there you go. I did I did appreciate uh, one of the TCU guys that I follow had put out, like, you know, like, what are your thoughts on that just because of everything with the Baylor stuff? And I got a kick out of an OU fan that had replied back and said uh, that they wanted to cheer for TCU when OU leaves for the SEC. They wanted TCU to be the Big 12 team, but – they wouldn't be able to get over cheering for Kendall Bryles at TCU. And I, I really wanted yeah. to be like, hey, you know, you know, you know who your offensive coordinator is, right? Yeah. I just thought it was very funny. I don't have a problem with it. I think that's a really good hire. I, it, it is interesting, though, because, I mean, you know, guys and, you know, probably better than me from some of the, you know, the beat guys you guys get to run into more regularly than I do. But the blood between Patterson and all that stuff back when, when Bryles oh, was there, boy. like yeah. for Ahmad him to now Dixon. be at TCU is amazing. I think that those, that, that bridge was whatever that bridge is, was probably burned when they went and hired the guy from across town from SMU. Wasn't it just as far as like ill will. You're not wrong towards everything. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know they that were there's so ever ready to been be done with Gary Patterson. There, at the end yeah. of that. there is never in the Big 12, that is one of the greatest beefs that ever existed. Oh, sure. Though. Baylor and TCU. Art Bryles and Gary Patterson. Sure, sure. I think it was Ahmad Dixon that was at the center of the kind of beginning of all that stuff. Wasn't he a safety at Baylor? He was a safety at Baylor. Yep. I don't remember how he fit into the equation. But yeah. It'd be interesting to see who Sam Pittman goes after at Arkansas. That Arkansas offense coordinator job's a really – like I just throwing a name out there. Should OU be worried about a Joe John Finley? Like they've got like Rocket Sanders, they've got guys that can do stuff. Sure, they've got, like they've got peas. I mean, you and you've got a quarterback that like I it, limited though he may be, what he can do, he's pretty damn special at. Yep, it's probably a good thing that Josh Heupel made Joey Halsley his offensive coordinator because people start coming after him next. Yeah, definitely. It'd be interesting. I, just with Sam Pittman's connections back to Oklahoma, you just wonder if he looks this way for somebody. I don't know who that would be. Maybe Mike Gundy can pawn Casey Dunn off on him. That'd be probably Mike Gundy's best sales job that he's done in <laughs> a year or so. Hey, that sort of thing doesn't happen. Pete Golding went to Ole Miss because he wanted to go to Ole Miss, guys. That that's he, He'd much rather have Ole Miss's talent than Alabama's. Maybe Pete Golden had just run through everybody in Tuscaloosa, and by everybody I mean the co-eds, and he's ready to move on to greater and bigger things. <laughs> Wasn't he? Didn't he have a picture out there with uh, 
and it just—I think, I think it was, was like a, it was I an think, awkward picture. It was more awkward than it really was. I think was. that was a kind of a doppelganger situation. It oh, that was—that wasn't Pete Goldie. Really? I think so. Oh. I wish it was. I'm going to still believe that. What it was. it was was, remember, he was hugging the cheerleader and right. the cameras caught him. After, like, the SEC championship <laughs> right. game or something. <laughs> right. It's a great moment. And he had to be like, hey, cameras are on me. Get up. You got to get away. So that was, that was gold. It was awesome. And for that Dang. picture, Eddie has entered us into a lawsuit. That's exciting. Great news. All right. Uh, yeah. any, anything the out time. there that you just wanted to hit on as far as recruiting <laughs> 2024, Josh, uh, of, of note, of interest? Anything coming up on the no. site? No. Uh, I mean, uh, in, uh, not this. I mean, I got to always be clear. On the 28th, Oklahoma is expecting to, you know, have their first real junior day. Uh, they're going to have another in March. Um, I do want to say, um, you know, over the last week, Oklahoma made their first 2023 offer in quite some time. And uh, Michael Nokwacha, the uh, big defensive lineman from Tyler Junior College, um, same booty same connection. School that General Booty came from. And he's 2023. Yes. Yeah, and he's a 23 guy. Um, I literally have been talking to him, uh, you know, a little bit while while we've been potting here. I'm I'm always multitasking, um, but yeah, he. Um, I, I expect him to take a few visits. Um, you know, he's gonna. I I would expect the decision probably in the end to come down to TCU in Oklahoma. Uh, it doesn't sound like. And the the one thing he's told me that's really interesting. I don't think he's gonna sign in February, so it Ooh. may be a, a signing day where OU doesn't have anybody signed, but they're still pursuing a player. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I, I know um, what made me think of that, honestly, is they're having a another Junior Day event in March, and I kind of almost wonder if maybe he might take his visit that weekend um, because obviously the staff will be around um, and there'll be a, you know kind of a lot to see and a lot to do. So I, I think that could be interesting to kind of follow if that's what his plan is going to be. But there is um, – he, he's the lone 2023 guy. If they sign anybody, I think it'll be him. I don't really – I haven't heard talk of anybody else. Um, and he's an interesting guy. Big, long, athletic dude. Um, you know, he checks some boxes. But, I mean, again, he's he's a junior college guy. I'm not going to, you know, tell anybody to expect the world. But he's got some traits that, that are hard to find. I mean, 6'5". You know, looks like probably would start at least as a DN, and then you kind of see what his body does. But he's um, he's a guy that kind of went from like incarnate word recruit to, you know, like I said, TCU, Oklahoma got got some bigger offers over the last month or so. Well, now you are free to text whoever you want because it's time for Bob Prince. It's Billow. bedlam time. Uh, now the game will be over by the by time, time most of the most people are listening. listening. Yeah, so I don't know that we need to highlight that, but you know. A big game tonight in Stillwater, a winnable game. Uh, an Oklahoma State team that doesn't shoot the ball very well, but they're very athletic. Uh, Sooners coming off of a much-needed win over West Virginia over the weekend, uh, where, I mean, to me, I think, you know, what I take away lately is Uzon looks really good. Um, and, and, you know, continuing to show athleticism, I think that maybe maybe uh, Bijan Cortez just doesn't quite have Although, you know, he's still capable. Um, but, you know, Bamasil tonight probably – or not Bamasil, I mean uh, uh, he Sherfield. He doesn't exist anymore. Sherfield, uh, probably, you know, how well can Oklahoma State guard him? That's probably the biggest thing going yeah, into tonight. in the way that Porter's tried to keep Grant a little more fresh going down the stretch the last couple of games, that coincides with Lowe's playing 38 minutes on, on Saturday. So we'll see, you know, 
sounds like Sherfield got out of that funk from the first couple first couple games. He's played well here during the last week and a half. And, you know, I mean, this is a very winnable game. If you can go from 0-2 to 3-3, and boy, you feel very good about the trajectory, like how you guys are bouncing back, how you're responding to the grind. And you wouldn't have much time to celebrate. You got Baylor coming in here Saturday. But if you can go from 0-2 to 3-3, and that'd be very nice. Keontae George might be the best freshman Oof, in America. Man. What he's done over the last couple of weeks in Big 12 play. I mean, between him and Grady Dick, I mean, the, the conference is just like watching the stuff last night out of Manhattan. Uh, what The four-hour stretch. You go Manhattan to Ames to Lubbock. And it was great. like, Oof. It was great. And, like, I, I still – I don't think the Tech and West Virginia are bad basketball teams. And, and neither does 0 the and net. 6 and one's yeah, 0 and 5. Neither does the net ranking that I said this yesterday. West Virginia at number 30 – is easily OU's best win. And that was a game Saturday where a lot of fans were more down in the win than because they hated how OU failed to close it out in the way they wanted them to. And it's like, that is still a really nice win. Now, you got a lot of ranked games coming up to really improve the resume. But, you know, if you can go on the road, Stillwater, and get, get, get one there, I mean, you're starting to feel really good. I... I think everyone's right. They're probably among the last four in or the last four buys or first four out. I have no problem with where you slate them. They've got seven weeks to really do some damage. You, I, I think Porter said it best uh, on Thursday or Tuesday when we talked to him. Basically just like, if you don't like close games, you might as well just quit watching because <laughs> there's not going to be any change in sight. <laughs> I think they'd love to win by 25, but it's not going to be happening anytime soon. And you just hope that like they can take – a little bit of I don't I mean they've obviously have experience playing in late games here over the last couple of years specifically over the last month you just got to hope that they're able to find ways to uh, get a little bit more offense because the way that that thing broke down and you know Sam Godwin talked about it a little bit yesterday Bob was how there you hope that it starts on the defensive end and transfers over to the offensive yes. end but like if they're gonna sit and play all these sets, you're gonna have to execute. You have to execute. You can't dribble the ball to the corner and get trapped. Like it, I, it just they try to run out the clock. Watch. They try to run out the clock a lot. Like you see a free flowing offense first thirty five minutes, and then it just becomes a dribble fest. And let's five seconds on the shot. Let's try to make something happen. So hope hopefully that that changes because I think that's been a real issue. I know Porter continues to stress the late game breakdowns on defense and there's that those still exist but i think it, it just seems like they're mentally fatigued going down the stretch when it comes to their offense and they mentioned the re the rebounding that's something gonna have to clean up tonight yeah especially if uh Cisse plays Cisse play, I, and yep. who knows what's gonna happen i i imagine he tries to give them you know 15 20 minutes I, he's not gonna be able to play 40 obviously having sat out the last three games but i would imagine that he tries to give it a go, and if that's the case, that's going to open the door to, uh, you know, Tanner Groves getting into foul trouble and yep. Sam Godwin <laughs> and kind of the same, foul trouble same and... story, you know, different night, same story type of deal. So it will be uh, – the the weird thing is Tanner Groves has shot the ball really well against OSU. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah. He's I played mean, well against them. And he's coming off a, a two-for-two two performance on Saturday. Hopefully. It, took those two threes, and that's it. You can kind of hear the frustration in Porter Moser's voice that he's just not playing well right now. It's like, weird. It's hard to 
And it's like, well, then take his ass out. Yeah, because it's weird because that was something that Porter preached in preseason was the mental toughness that Tanner had. Like, I don't, he no longer questions whether or not he belongs at this level. And then they went into the physical because, oh, he gained 10, 15 pounds. He's more than ready for what's about to come. And none of that has shown up through the first two, three weeks of I think it, it's a lot of just confidence within his own shot and not being down on himself. Because every time you look up, you you know, you're six minutes into the game or you're coming out of that under four timeout to begin the game and you already have two fouls or you already have a foul. And a lot of that stuff was shit that he put himself into. Yep. Being lazy, getting out of position and stuff. It's fun. We're doing this today. Next time we record... Three games will have been played. Bedlam, Baylor, T- and TCU. I think that if you can, realistically, if you can go one and two in that. You're still okay. You'll, that's you'll what's, be okay. That's you what's can't bizarre. You go and three. Obviously. Two and one is more than great. And, and that's just the way, like, you're going to have to look at it. Tonight's like, a big swing game. Like, one and one weeks are going to be okay. Look at ne- TCU and Bama. That's your slate for next Next week. Oh, I mean, God. <laughs> that's just the way Bama's it is. Bama's good, too. Alabama might be one of the best teams Even in the with the— I mean, they, they are they one of the best teams, but Arkansas. they might be like a legitimate <laughs> national championship Even type with team. the Darius Miles stuff, I was wondering how they would bounce back. It seems like they're going to be okay. We don't know about like how good TCU is either because they destroyed Kansas State at home. Um, I think they're really, really good. That, was, that felt like they a should've... schedule loss because after they lost at home, Iowa State, and blew the game at Texas. Like, all right, Kansas State's get, getting a whooping. And what, what we saw in Austin from that TCU group, like, I think that thing could be really, really good in the tournament. They, yep. got, they got a great backcourt. They got Eddie Lampkin inside that can eat up some stuff. Uh, the Emmanuel Miller kid's really good. I'd, I'd like them. And, you know, obviously Jamie Dixon's a really good basketball coach. The other, I, You learn so much hanging out with Eddie uh, in the office. Uh, what I've learned is Eddie is like a perpetual – he's like me as a junior high kid where I would consume all basketball possible. Like if you could just get me to Kemper Arena uh, once every couple of years for some Big 8 tournament action – to be fair, it was, was a really happy. good basketball game during the middle of the day on Martin. It was a great game. Oh, Purdue, Michigan State. Michigan State. Oh, yeah, State. Th- yeah, definitely. Eddie talks shit on the Eddie guy, uh, and then he made the just, I just no don't think doubt that, game I don't winner. trust him. I, I, I don't just trust don't him in the think tournament. That, like, <laughs> he is awkward looking. <laughs> like, they're great. I mean, he's too <laughs> seven to be. Like, like he's he's no Wimbanyamba, I mean, for no, sure. No, but he. I mean, he's a very talented player. I just, everybody else around him is like, I know they're eighteen and one or seventeen and one, whatever Purdue is right now. It just feels like every year that I like kind of buy in because I like Matt Painter. Like I, he's chilled a lot over the years. I yeah, like, and I, like I kind of grew up like that was the Purdue that I knew. Like yeah. when he was playing and stuff, and it just like I don't know West Lafayette, Indiana, always has fascinated me. I don't know if it's a real place. We drove by it and in, in, we drove past it. I think going to Notre Dame. Did we? I think so. I think you passed West Lafayette going to Chicago. No, West Lafayette is like I thought that that is like maybe we just saw Southwest or something or something. I don't know. I I don't think I've ever been close to Purdue's campus. And if I have, that probably says a lot about West Lafayette, Indiana. That I don't even remember being there. South Bend. No, West Lafayette. I I can add to it's like in the Southwest, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's basically between Chicago and Indianapolis. Oh, so it's the other it's way. South, it's, it's, so it's I've south gone from Indianapolis to Chicago. I think 
for maybe that's rivals five star i drove from indianapolis through chicago and that's when i saw west lafayette it didn't look like much to look at if i remember oh, i can imagine so um needless to say purdue probably just got locked into a final four bid so with me and OU that. is perpetually the last four out. It seems like no matter what happens. Yeah, that I think that's where the, it's like if you if you win three games, you get into the top twenty five. Yep. If you lose, lose three, three games, you're not even in the NCAA tournament. And, right and the the problem that they've also run into none of those non conference wins are meaning. Seton Hall isn't as Villanova's good. ten and eight or whatever now. And they lost to Villanova, and then Ole Miss is nine and nine. Villanova Four. sucks, and Sam Houston sucks. Sam Houston's dropping. They're almost out of the top fifty now of the net rankings. They start off at num at number seven. Like they're losing games that they're supposed to be losing now, and then their best win is Florida. Florida's sort of starting to get it going, but they're ten and seven. And they so none of the work they did in November and December. Is carrying weight. even all the stuff that they did in Orlando, beating you know, like you yeah. said, Seton Hall, Nebraska. Those they're not very good. They're just not very good. Basketball like teams. nothing is like, oh, that looks good. Two months later, nope. So they have to do the work in the next month and a half. The good news is they got every time that they uh, <laughs> they tee it up, they got a, they got an opportunity. But not all quad one wins are equal. I think that's what you know. I know Porter will point to it. A win, even in Stillwater, isn't going to resonate as much like a ho home win against Baylor to the college basketball crowd. Not, not within our bubble, but they're like, oh, they beat Baylor. They beat someone. Well, it starts with needing a big win tonight in Bedlam. Uh, then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's not painful to watch this team i think that's the best thing i mean offensively it is <laughs> it can be well there have been be. painful games this <laughs> year been yes painful yes. halves the iowa sure. state game was definitely a painful game to watch they're they're not a bad basketball team they're not like a just an awful basketball team it's just and you got to find ways it's a different style of basketball yeah. that i think people it's not easy on the eye like let's be honest about it <laughs> Waiting to see if they ever have that dud in them, or is it seriously going to be every single game they can be in it? That's why I kind of, I don't know. We'll see. I kind of think tonight could be one of those duds. Oh, like no. It, it just <laughs> schedule-wise, it shapes up to be one of those, and then you bounce back, you beat Baylor. But who knows? Yep. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we are going to be back again next week where – We'll at least know if there are any other portal entries or interest or things like that. We should start being able to put a serious wrap on things. But because I'm just trying to think, like, is there a date you have to? I mean, you no. have to be in classes. Yeah, you have, is yeah, you have to thing? start class. Yeah, yeah that's the only January thing. January 30th is yeah. the last day for ad drop okay. without, like, having to go through hoops. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be the end of this. But we won't be done with the podcast that point. So. Um, there still may be some questions up in the air, but we're getting there. And like I said, go to Soonerscoop.com. Check out all the uh, the coverage that we've got there. If you're confused about what's in, who's in the portal, who's out, uh, we thankfully we don't have to cover Spencer Sanders. Um, so we got a pretty good grasp on it. Bob's been doing a great job. Josh is doing a great job keeping the scholarship chart updated as well. Uh, so check that out. Soonerscoopstore.com as well. Uh, all the merch is in stock. Go check it out. You need a new hat for. Spring football, new shirt. Uh, you want to see uh, to support uh, making Lindsay Street great again. Still got plenty of merch there. Uh, so go check them out. Uh, Soonerscoopstore.com. 
we appreciate everybody who uh, shops with us and supports the podcast. So uh, for Josh, for Eddie, for Bob, I'm Kerry Murdoch. We'll see you back here next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.